Hello and welcome to week four of the Big Recon Browns pregame show here on the Big Recon on Sports on both now YouTube and on Facebook as we go live, gonna go live every Sunday before the Browns play, of course taking the bye week off. And as of the 24th of October, we're gonna go live for Buckeye football too as we get closer and closer to the Big Ten season. So today on our pregame show, we're gonna recap last week's win against Washington, which by the way, I got the margin of victory right. Points, not so much, but I got the margin of victory right. As the Browns beat Washington 34-20 in Cleveland, and this week head down to the Metroplex, to Dallas, to play the Cowboys. Um, last week, let's start there. Pound the rock as the Browns ran all over this team. Nick Chubb over 100 yards again with two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt out of the backfield receiving the ball and running has been an absolute revelation. That's how they won this game. Baker was efficient, a lot of play action, and he hit, got, the receivers made big plays when they needed to. You didn't see a whole lot of big stuff come out of the passing game last week. I think that'll change, but that'll get into what we got going for next week. But the real great part about it was the pass rush and getting to Dwayne Haskins multiple times, forcing multiple turnovers. Couple of pick, uh, three picks, excuse me, a fumble. Uh, that a strip sack fumble that Miles Garrett recovered, and the Browns, who really didn't turn it on until getting into the second half, as they were down twenty to seventeen uh, at one point in time, and then reeled off, reeled off seventeen points like that. Uh, Baker did hit Harrison Bryant and Kareem Hunt for touchdowns. Did not turn the ball over, and as I mentioned last week, that's going to be the big thing with Baker moving forward is going to be the turnovers. He was absolutely fantastic last week. And for everybody who was criticizing his performance, this is the kind of offense in the NFL that Baker Mayfield needs to be a part of. The kind that relies on the running game and the weapons he is given. He is not going to be the end-all, be-all, but this is a guy that with the weapons he has in Bake, in Jarvis and Odell and Harrison Bryant, who's been an absolute revelation, um, with Chubb and Hunt and Hollywood, and Donovan Peoples-Jones. This is a team that can win some games by being, uh, taking care of the football, excuse me, and by playing to their strengths. And their big strength right now is the exact opposite from last year, and that is the offensive line and the running game. Jedrick Wills has been as good as advertised. Conklin brought over a lot of great run blocking from Tennessee, and the holdovers in Batonio and Treader have absolutely been great. Wyatt Davis has been someone who has played very well as well. So the pass rush and the turnovers really helped change this game as Miles Garrett once again proved why he is a franchise defensive end, wreaking havoc. If I had to take something away, the thing I'd be worried about is a secondary. Terry McLaurin had another huge day for Washington, uh, over 100 yards receiving, and really kind of had his way with the Browns secondary. Hopefully the Browns secondary will keep getting healthier. As Greedy threw out a dog check this morning on uh, Twitter. I didn't see who the inactives were yet. I can check that while I'm on here with you guys. Um, so we got to see who the inactives are. But they're playing this week against a Dallas team that last week had all they could, did all they could to beat the Seattle Seahawks in Seattle and came up a touchdown short. Um. Basically, with this game now, as we move into week four, the Browns are over 500 for the first time since 
They were seven and four in the 2014 season. Um, they are playing very good football right now, and they haven't played their best football, in my opinion. Uh, let me get in here to the inactives. We'll get to it later. Um, all right. So, Dallas played really well last week against Seattle, and he did it mostly with the passing game as Ezekiel Elliott was held relatively in check, and not even relatively. Zeke had maybe his worst game as a pro, uh, did not run very well, did not run for a lot of yards. So here's where the Browns can, can capitalize on this. Seattle does not have the pass rush the Cleveland Browns do, in my opinion. They don't have the edge rusher who can get to the quarterback as quickly as Miles Garrett. They also don't have the guys in the middle of their defensive line, like Sheldon Richardson, who is having a phenomenal year. As is Joby. they are plugging up the middle and not letting these teams run on them very much. This is what you need to do, especially against Dallas. Make Dak Prescott beat you. Unfortunately, up to this point in his career, Dak has been a very, very good quarterback. He just hasn't been able to beat anybody. The other big thing going into this is Dallas is down some deep offensive linemen, which is humongous because Dallas's offensive line was peppered with first-round picks and, and top-rated offensive linemen for the last several years, which is why Zeke has been able to run and these guys have been able to use the running game, whether it's Zeke or Dak running the football, to make people stay, make offenses stay off the field and to shorten games. So this is going to be an interesting one because if Dallas's injuries are what they were last week, this is a different D-line than Seattle. They can get after it. They can get to the quarterback, and Dak is not going to have the time he did last week sitting in the pocket and being able to throw downfield. Here's the other thing. Dallas's secondary took some big hits, and DK Metcalf had a heck of a game last week. But I think we can all agree, whether you like the Browns or not, Jarvis and Odell are better than DK Metcalf. So now you're like, okay, well, is Baker going to open up the... Are they going to open up the passing game? Is Baker going to have his way this week with the Dallas defense? I still think he shouldn't. I still think the Browns should be a run-first, run-heavy offense today. Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are the best backfield in the league. And that's not just me. That's a lot of people between Twitter and ESPN and other places saying that this is the premier backfield in the league. Look, the numbers have shown it. Over 200 yards rushing the last two weeks. You can't really count week one because we got behind a bunch early and had to throw the ball to try and get back in the game. And yes, I'm drinking from my Browns Big Recon mug. Um... So, yes, they need to stay run heavy. I said it last week. I said it in talking about week two. And I'm going to say it moving forward. The Cleveland Browns need to control the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. If they do that, they can win a bunch of games. It's that simple. And it sounds like it's old school football and it's three yards in a cloud of dust. Well, unfortunately, for everybody who loves to see guys throw the ball deep downfield and loves to see all this other stuff, this is how this team is built. 
It's offensive line and run heavy. And if you look at Stefanski, even in Minnesota, he was offensive line and run heavy. And he had Diggs and Thielen there like he's got Jarvis and Odell here. You have to run with the horses that get you places. And right now, the Browns horses that are getting them places are Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. The other keys to the game is going to be the play-action passing attack of the Browns. Here's why. Again, Baker Mayfield, since he has been in the NFL, when he has been able to run the play-action, roll out of the pocket, give himself time, when he has been able to shift the pocket as opposed to escaping, he's been able to make smart decisions and smart throws. What that translates to is, if you get the running game going early, which I think the Browns will try and do, you can do things like hit Odell on a deep pass for a touchdown, hit Jarvis on a, on a crossing route and let him get some yards after catch, make them cover Harrison Bryant one-on-one, which Washington was forced to last week and Bryant caught a touchdown pass. Uh, listen, they are loaded on the offensive side of the ball. Where today's issue, I think, might come is on the defensive side of the ball. Now hear me out. Denzel Ward is playing at his best. Amari Cooper is no longer an issue in this game. Denzel has followed guys around for part of the year. And just watching the highlight films from last week, because I don't get a lot of the games here in New York, but I'll get today because they're they're on Fox and they're playing the Cowboys. Uh, Getting to Dak quickly will help this. But here was the issue last week. I couldn't tell if Denzel was following Terry McLaurin around. If he was, he didn't have that great of a game. But if he wasn't, well, let's you got to go back and look at the film in depth and see what he did against Denzel. I think if Denzel follows Amari Cooper around today, Amari's going to be taken out of his game. I'm not saying he's Denzel Revis, but he's been very, very good in one-on-one coverage so far in his career. So now you got to deal with that Wilson kid who came out of nowhere last week. you got to deal with Jerry Judy. Look, Dallas is loaded. But Dallas, like the Browns, starts with the backfield, and it starts with Ezekiel Elliott, who anybody who knows me when I talk about the Cowboys knows my conversation about the Cowboys is this. I can't stand them. I love their running back. I wouldn't have a national championship hat if it wasn't for Zeke. So you got to start up front. you got to win the line of scrimmage. You've got to make Dallas one-dimensional. Same thing what Dallas' key to the game should be with the Browns. But if you make Dallas one-dimensional, the difference is, I think the Browns are the ball hawks in the back end who can make some plays. I also think the Browns have a better pass rush than Seattle, and I think they're going to get to Dak Prescott more often than Seattle got to him. So let's see, what else we got here? This could be the perfect week for them to open the passing game up a little bit because of the banged-up defense of the Dallas Cowboys. Baker, we saw in his rookie year, and yes, he regressed last year, but I think that was more coaching than anything else. We saw in Baker's rookie year, when they opened the passing game up, he was able to make big throws at different points in time, whether it be ahead, behind, even, coming back in a game. He was able to make the big throws when needed. This could be a week where Baker is going to have to make a couple of big throws to get a win. Look, the line as of earlier in the week was at four, four and a half. And the Browns were getting those points, which is unreal considering they're going to Dallas and it's the Browns. 
But the more you think about it, with the injuries with Dallas, the way the Browns played against Washington and against um, Cincinnati, with the way the Browns' running game really negated Washington's pass rush, which was very good uh, going into last week, they have a blueprint to beat this team. And it would make a lot of people happy if the Browns came out of this 3-1, and one, leaving Jerry World on a three-game win streak, and going into next week, having that kind of momentum. So I'm going to get into their schedule and what we have coming up. So we got Dallas today. Next week we got the Colts, and I got a surprise for you at the end of this one. Um, and moving forward, so they got the Cowboys, Colts, Steelers, Cincinnati, the Raiders, and then their bye week. So a lot of ground can be made up in that AFC North, especially with uh, Baltimore finally losing a game. Pittsburgh is undefeated. I think Pittsburgh's due to lose a game soon, too. Browns need this one. I had them winning this one when I did my pre my prediction show, and I had them ending up, obviously, 10-6, 11-5, depending on injury. So my prediction for today, the Browns cover and win with a 31-24 triumph down in Jerry World. Here's the thing. That might be asking a lot to have the Browns score 30 points in two consecutive games. I know that's not something they've done in a lot of years. But I believe against this defense, they can get the running game to the point where it's going to be basically taking over the game, and it's going to open up the play-action pass for Baker to make some big plays down the seams. Down the seams. I don't think Jarvis and Odell are going to have the big days people think because they are better than DK Metcalf and because Seattle is going to have to cover both of those guys and possibly bracket a safety to help their corners who aren't as good as some of the other corners the Browns will face. Look for Harrison Bryant to have a big day. If Austin Hooper is healthy, he will have a big day. Uh, look for a big day from Kareem Hunt out of the backfield, who has been amazing out of the backfield, including that catch last week, trying to be Odell. So look for the... I got the Browns. 31-24, go to 3-1, and one, go in the next week against Indianapolis, and try and get a win in, at home against the Colts. So here's a special announcement. I'm actually doing pregame next week on Thursday, as I'm not going to be around next weekend to be able to do on Sunday before the game. So Thursday night, I will come live on both Instagram, or Instagram, excuse me, on Facebook and on YouTube, on the Big Recon channels there, with a special guest. He's from the Cleveland Me podcast. He is um, Tone from Tampa, uh, Tampa Tones. It's his brother, Joe who, if you caught the baseball postseason preview, which we won't go into, because uh, I'm doing terrible in my picks, uh, he was taunting me about the Colts playing the uh, the Browns in a couple weeks, so we're going to do Thursday night. Him and I are going to get into a full breakdown of Browns-Colts for week number five. I'm going to have, coming up very soon, the 2020 Big Ten and Ohio State preview Look for that in the next couple of weeks. And then I'll have my New York Mets season wrap show coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. So when I mentioned on Twitter, I was going to get into some nonsense that happened. So let me take the Browns head off because this is now, this is where it gets real. There's been some nonsense going on in the sports world. And it started with what I like to call a prima donna and a baby. A spoiled brat 
who thinks he is far better than he has ever been, and that is Kyrie Irving. Let me start here. Kyrie Irving is a phenomenally talented basketball player. He may have the best handles in the league. I play 2K on the Xbox. He's got sick handles in the game. His line about for the first time in his career, he feels like someone else can hit the shot besides him now that he plays with KD, is the biggest little explicative move, because this is set for kids, since KD went to Golden State. Now, I'm a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, and when people don't wear the wine and gold, I really don't care. But I have taken up the the charge of LeBron James. Gina, it's a football show today. Not not the Yankees. Football show. Sorry, my cousin's on. Um, the... Uh, when people aren't in the wine and gold, I normally don't care what they do. But I've taken up the mantle of being the guy who says LeBron is the GOAT, and yes, I will do that one at some point in time too. And this little punk, running his mouth the way he did. I don't know if it's thinking the earth is flat. I don't know if it's breathing the air in New York City right now, or in Jersey, wherever he is. Or if it's the fact that LeBron is going to win his fourth ring and his fourth series, uh, finals MVP, and this dude hasn't sniffed a playoff game without LeBron, I don't know what's wrong with him. <laughs> Fair enough. Look, Kyrie hit maybe the biggest shot in NBA history in closing and giving the lead to the Cavs late in a game against the greatest regular season team of all time. LeBron iced that game. LeBron hit the three to make it 89-89. LeBron had the biggest defensive play in NBA Finals history. And then came Kevin Love's stop of of, uh, Steph Curry. I'm not hating on Kyrie. I'm hating on what he said. And the fact that he went on social media and then said that's not what it was about. You cut a promo with that line. You cut a promo, and the guy set you up saying, let me ask you the question to go viral. Are you kidding me? You should have stayed at Duke for more than a year. Maybe Coach K could have drilled some common sense into your head. Rant over. So, recapping. Browns, 31-24 over Dallas, getting a win today. We'll have a special episode on Thursday night to uh, preview Browns Colts next week. Got the Big Ten and Ohio State preview coming and the Mets wrap-up show coming, where we will also get into the Mets change in ownership a little bit more. As always, Big Recon can be found right here on Facebook, Big Recon on Sports, and on YouTube, Big Recon on Sports. On Twitter, at Big Recon on Sport, at Big Recon on Sports, on Instagram. And we can be heard as a proud member of the TimeSkew Podcast Network at TimeSkew.com. Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Radio and Radio Public. Have a great Sunday. Go dogs. We'll see you next week.